0: In the last several hours, a number of people have asked me a version of the question, is this the end? My answer is clear. No, this is actually the beginning. Finally. Maybe. This could be the beginning. The beginning that we have needed so desperately for so long. In my conversations with people about politics in public places, whether they're Trump supporters or the people I talked to yesterday at King Elementary in South Lancaster City, I tend to keep my opinions to myself. I'm there to listen to them, hear their voices, and let their stories speak for themselves. And yesterday's recorded interviews at King Elementary were supposed to be the end in a series of podcasts that have something to do with the election of 2016. But I find myself compelled to do one more, and I want to create a podcast with those voices because those people deserve to be heard. But right now, in answer to those questions that I keep getting from people, is this the end? What do we do? What happened? My answer is pretty crass. How could you not see it? Honestly, how could you not see it? Just come to my state. Come to Pennsylvania. Just look around. You leave your house, you see an ocean of Trump signs. Now, like most other people, I managed to convince myself that that didn't actually mean anything. And I remember saying to several people... You know, I'm sure the Clinton people are there and they outnumber the Trump people. They have to. They just haven't put their signs out because maybe they're not as enthusiastic about their candidate as the Trump supporters. Well, the evidence was clear. It was blitheringly clear right in front of us, all those signs. But I think a lot of us chose to ignore it because a lot of us were taken in, and rightly so, by an ever unctuous and yet admittedly compelling media narrative that Hillary Clinton was going to win this election in a landslide. Well, now everyone knows that the media missed it. Except the media itself isn't admitting to that, at least not overtly. Instead, you have dipshits like the person I was forced to listen to on CNN all night last night pointing fingers at pollsters as if he should be exonerated from whatever role he played in this dumpster fire. It's just one tiny example, but of course it's indicative of a larger story, which is, of course the media missed it. They wanted very much to miss it. Hidden Trump voters? I don't think so. They always were there. Like I said, the ocean of signs. This was a snow job. This was a propaganda fest. And it's not like that's anything new. But this one was by far the most egregious because the signs were so obvious, staring us in the face, and yet they still continued to spin this bullshit story. New York Times, just look at this last six, eight, ten months, and I crowed about this and people spit on me for it. I said, look at the New York Times. Look at the cover story. What do you have day in and day out? You have smear stories about Donald Trump. He's a bad guy here. He's a bad guy there. He's done this horrible thing. He's done that horrible thing. All those things were true. Do you have one positive story about Hillary Clinton? Do you have one really uplifting policy note that you'd like to share with us? No, not a one. Why not? They didn't exist. And yet the New York Times was perpetuating this fantasy, as they've always done, that the status quo is what we should strive for, because it serves the power elite. That's what the New York Times stands to do, folks. It's been there doing that for decades. Maybe now you see it. So you could say, as the media is saying about itself, oh, they missed it. Oh, we missed it. They didn't miss it. They deliberately closed their eyes. They deliberately spun a tale of absolute fancy. And in fact, they stand to gain now, because now they have President Soundbite, President Crazy, President Who-the-Fuck-Knows-What-He's-Gonna-Do, and that helps their bottom line. But maybe being smart people, aware people, we can look at that story and say, oh, finally now, We see them for what they truly are, out-and-out liars, and maybe we can flush them down the toilet now. Maybe we can throw them away because they don't serve us at all. Is this an end? No, it's a beginning. It's a beginning of really supporting independent news sources, grassroots news sources, citizen journalists, reporting stories about Real things about real people experiencing real life on the ground. They're out there. They've been out there. Maybe we can throw away the corporate media because we know now for a fact. One of two things, whichever you choose to believe, I know which one I choose to believe, but either they don't know a gosh darn thing about anything, but more likely they're lying about it all the way. In either case... When you're faced with that as your choice for where you get your news, I would say there's only one thing to do, flush them down the toilet. This isn't the end, it's the beginning, because maybe, just maybe, this insular, largely white liberal elite will get the wake-up call that it so desperately has needed. That contingent is so shocked today, so shocked. They, they, they simply can't believe what they've experienced. Their commitment to neoliberalism and market capitalism gets vindicated every four years, whether they know it or not. Their ability to bellyache about a Bush presidency or exult in an Obama presidency and a potential Clinton presidency, crowned as she was long before the election, is proof of that. I'm so sick of those out there who have said, cycle after cycle, thank goodness the status quo has been maintained. Thank goodness Obama beat Romney. Thank goodness that Obama beat McCain. Thank goodness that Clinton's going to beat Trump in a landslide because it means that everything gets to stay exactly the same. Let's once again settle into our white privilege, settle into our white supremacy, and thank our lucky stars that the person who has the best head on his or her shoulders, that the person who has our personal interests in mind got elected again. Thank goodness for that, because now things get to stay exactly the same, and we don't have to change at all. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to move ourselves. We don't have to think beyond our little tiny worlds. Now guess what? Those people's status quo, at least they think it is, is being threatened. Even if in reality it isn't. Maybe now these people, who have lain dormant for so long have been numb for so long, have been complacent for so long, will be galvanized to do something. And the fact is, they've been wrong all along. Just look at the policies. Just look at them. Domestic and foreign. Look at what's happened to your privacy. Look at what's happened in your name in in any number of countries around the world. Look what's happened to the banks and how they've reached into your pockets, stolen your money without any consequences whatsoever. Those are policies that actually do hurt you in the long run. And we've tolerated, or more than tolerated, we've accepted it because we've been convinced that it's right for us. It's Chomsky's manufacturing consent. And it's been going on for a long time. We've been convinced that we want neoliberalism, that it's good for us, No, neoliberalism doesn't help black and brown people. It doesn't help Muslims. It doesn't help women. It doesn't help people under the poverty line. It certainly doesn't help people who live in other places around the world. And now it might be gone. And now we're all like, oh no, what's next? Well, you know what's next? Let's actually do something instead of just sucking from that poison feeding tube, as we have done for so long yeah, your white middle-class suburban lifestyle might be threatened. I mean, it probably won't, but if you're afraid that it might be, maybe, maybe we'll do something about it. We're worried the markets are tanking, the markets are tanking because this guy is going to be president. The markets will be fine because the markets serve a certain group of people who are all too protective of their power. And lo and behold, Donald Trump actually happens to be one of those people. Again, This is not an end. It's a beginning because it shows now, finally maybe, that a majority can speak out against a tiny elite, a tiny number of people who hold power over them. This is in fact the fantasy that I've had for several years and I've talked about, and people have looked at me cockeyed, when I've said, you know what, we have the numbers. If you look at the amounts of people who are negatively impacted by the policies of the United States government, the policies of huge corporations, those people are huge in number. They actually can and have, as we've seen, coalesced, and overthrown, or at least they think they've overthrown, the power structures that have ignored and exploited and sacrificed and stolen from them for so long. They've finally spoken out against that group and said, we're sick of what you're doing and we're taking it back. They think they have. They haven't, but they think they have. Which means that it can be done. They made a terrible choice. No doubt. A terrible choice. But was there another one? Actually, there was. But he was erased. This choice is a tragic one, a tragic comic one, but mostly tragic in so many ways, socially especially. We're in reverse driving 75 miles an hour right now off of a cliff. But never mind that. They made a choice. There will be recriminations for that choice. If you'll allow me to play Swami for just a second, in one or two or three years, a good percentage of Trump voters will recognize that he doesn't give a rat's ass about them, and he's not going to fulfill any of the wackadoo campaign promises that he made. Bringing jobs back into this country, building a wall, whatever it might be, all those crazy ass ideas will go by the wayside because, indeed, it is politics just as usual. That's the big lie about him. They will figure it out. Pretty soon they will figure it out because they're desperate. You can't blame them for wanting to make a change because some of them have a lot at stake a lot at stake, which is frankly why they threw their hat in the ring with him in the first place. And when two or three years down the line, they realize that he's done absolutely nothing for them, then maybe, just maybe, we have that mass movement coming from both sides of people who have way more in common than they realize, galvanizing, coalescing, coming together, and dynamiting this system, finally. So maybe, just maybe this fantasy of mine now has some legs. I had someone say to me just yesterday, we need another Occupy. We have them. They're out there. They're, they're, they've been doing this work in their little siloed groups around the country for a long time now. You have Standing Rock in North Dakota, which is getting the most press. You have a pipeline movement right here in Pennsylvania. You have Black Lives Matter. You have grassroots movements in Baltimore trying to fight back against police brutality. These movements are out there. Maybe, just maybe now, they will unify. Now maybe these movements will be galvanized to band together and recognize they all have the same interests in mind. Again, it's been well documented that I've been accused of being intellectually lazy on this and linking all these movements, but I stand by it. And I think I might have a little bit more proof that I've been right now. The campaign has done such a great job. And when I say campaign, I mean media campaign of delivering an election to us in a very narrow way, as if through a straw, filtering everything. The campaign has done a very good job of excluding the one main thing that unifies most of this country, and in fact most of the world, and that is economic disenfranchisement. So again, all these people have so much in common, a really, really important thing in common that they've been shut out of the system and that might be enough to unify them. So now I'm going to be an asshole and I'm going to say that it stupefies me that at this point in time, I have people asking me, what do we do? What happened? Could Bernie have beaten this guy? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That is the most egregious kind of Monday morning quarterbacking, or in this case, Wednesday morning quarterbacking, I have ever come across. It's too late. What should we do? What have we been doing? How is this any different? Why does our work have to change? Our work is the same. If anything else, like I've said, this may galvanize us into recognizing the absolute desperate need to do that work now. But again, its I suppose it it shouldn't be absurd to me that people are staring dumbfounded out their windows this morning and asking, "How did this happen, and what do we do now? How is now any different than fifteen hours ago, fifteen days ago, fifteen years ago and i've I've said this a hundred thousand times. The one issue that you have heard nothing about this campaign the previous campaign, the one before that, going back 12, 16, 20, 24 years, you have not heard a single word spoken about the greatest threat to the human race and all the creatures on this planet and the planet itself potentially. You have not heard one word about that. That's been out there for a long, long, long time. So it's hard for me to abide the question, what do we do? Because it provokes a response in me that isn't very kind and isn't very helpful. And it really is simply just, what have we been doing? My work, our work, doesn't change. It's the same it's been all along. People like me, I will admit, we're late to the game. There have been people who've been doing the work, For their whole lives, going back decades and centuries. But that work has always been the same. That work is to give disenfranchised people a voice. That work is to eradicate racism. To eradicate, in this case, in our world, sexism. To eradicate homophobia. To eradicate Islamophobia, xenophobia. To raise our children. To have open minds and open hearts and open eyes to not be afraid to approach other people with a sense of openness with a sense of I'm a human being you're a human being that's enough common ground let's start there to cultivate arenas in which that is the first step that people make that's the work that doesn't strike me as being fantastically new or coming out of the clear blue sky that's been the work for humanity for time immemorial and there have been a lot of different approaches to it so if you're wonder- if you're sitting there right now asking yourself those kinds of questions is this the end what do we do my simple answer is just keep doing what we've been doing or haven't been doing or haven't been doing in numbers that are great enough One of the big fears my wife and I had last night was how we were going to tell our children about this great calamity that had transpired. Well, we woke up this morning, and my wife delivered the news to my children in the way that is typical of much of the way that she engages with them, which is on their level, which is speaking in a language that they can understand, calm, respectful, kind. And they took it, and then they moved on with their day. So we can take our strength from them. And we can say, okay, rather than hiding under my bed, curling up into a fetal position and moaning all day, all week, all month, for the next four years, I can finally recognize that there are any number of places to start. Derek Jensen, who I've quoted here before, is famous for saying in every lecture he's ever given, somebody once asked him or in a phone conversation with someone, they said, there's so many problems in the world. The world is fraught with so much suffering. Where do we start? And Jensen's response, which he gave and continues to give, is, actually it's a good thing because there's so many ways in. Just pick one. So now maybe please see that with me for what it is today, November 9th, 2016. So many opportunities, so many chances out there to give of ourselves, to unite, to recognize the humanity in everyone. The work will only get done and this is really simple, but the work will only get done if more people commit to doing it. If more people help one another to do it, as simple and really silly as that sounds. So, so look around. What do do you do? Look around. There's any number of opportunities for work. Let go of the excuses, let go of the regrets, and as Sheikh Walid Mossad said to me, roll up our sleeves, get to work. Okay, so this one might motivate you to yell at me. Please do so in writing. Anywhere is good. You can write me on Facebook on the What We Will Abide page. You can write to me at samschindler.com. Whatever you like. You can write a scathing review on iTunes about how way off track I am. Whatever it is, I'm sure you have opinions about what I've said here, and you wish to take me to task on them. Please, please do.